Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Here comes the sun, do-do-do-do, here comes the sun, do-do-do-do, it's all right, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
basically for either one of these decks, or you can just pre-order your booster boxes, your bundles, all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. And you're going to buy Magic cards anyway. You really are helping out this show, Game Nights, all of our content uh, when you use the affiliate link when you do buy the cards. And while you're there, Ultra Pro, represent the Legion. The Legion did approve. That's the top comment on the last video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Legion approves, and we're you have a way to do that with Ultra Pro product with their playmats, deck boxes, sleeves across every every way you want to. You can find a way to theme your playmats to be whatever guild you want. In this case, we are talking about Boros. That's a lot of Boros on the commands on this week. Yeah, that is actually. Um, the, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You know we have a really good community. You can yeah. chat with Jimmy and I daily. We're, our, we're on our Discord server quite a bit these days. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of other people on there. If you're deck building, brewing, whatever, there's a ton of experienced EDH players. Yeah, way more are, than me, to be honest. That are giving out advice. I'm all the time hearing about cards where I'm like, I have never even heard of that card, but it seems awesome. Yeah. So our Discord is available to patrons at a certain level if you go to Patreon com slash command zone and also we call out one lucky patron every single episode and this episode is dedicated to keith rup keith you rock keep it up all right so let's go into fire song and sunspeaker the deck tech of course you guys said josh you're gonna play boris and i chose the one that did not have to do with attacking yeah this was the the buy box preview promo yeah. promo right yeah yep. Firestar and Sunspeaker is four, a red, and a white for a 4-6 legendary creature, Minotaur Cleric. Six CMC, Josh. Oh, <laughs> seems bad so far. <laughs> Six mana Boros Commander. Way, we, we all touted this as, as like, this could be the card that saves Boros, because it really was our only option. Yeah, I, I think, listen, I think the deck is good. We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay, so Firestar and Sunspeaker says, red instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. And whenever a white instant or sorcery spell causes you to gain life, Fire Song and Sunspeaker deals three damage to target creature or player. So your red spells gain you life and your white life gain spells kind of deal damage, right? Yeah. It kind of like synergizes in that way. They are a Fire Song and a Sunspeaker. <clears throat> fire, mm -hmm. Sun, Red, White. So, you know, what do you think? Did, do you think this is, is a powerful when you saw it? No. I really didn't because one, it's a six CMC commander. It's going to take a lot of time for you to even get it out there. And then after that, you have to play very specific spells you normally wouldn't in commander. It's very prone to removal in that way. And you're also directly making everyone very upset at you while you do these things, right? Also, this doesn't address any of the issues we have with Boros, right? There's not really card advantage. Yep. There's not really ramp in there. It's not attacking either, which we usually tout attacking as like a, a not the best strategy being aggro, but at the same time, if you're going to take away the strengths of the color pair and be like, that's not actually even good in this deck, it seems like it would be bad. But it turns out that it is. it does encourage you to build a spells-based deck, mm -hmm. which I think is just a more powerful way to go than like aggro combat attacking. Yeah, it gives you more flexibility. And uh, as we'll learn, just having powerful spells, you don't need to necessarily have your commander out to make a difference in a lot of ways. Yeah, a lot of the spells in the deck are still going to be good without Fire Song and Sunspeaker, but will be way better if they are out. Yep. Um, so I, I did this deck tech a little different than normal. Usually we do sort of different categories building up to like, how do you win? Yeah. But to me, I started out with how does this deck win um, when I was building it. One of... Probably two-ish ways. There's two very specific <laughs> ways that I thought the deck would try and win. And then, of course, within the deck, there are enough synergies that you can sort of put together a couple of other ways, mm -hmm. but they're not as efficient. So the, the main way that I thought the deck would win um, is with an Earthquake-style effect. So there are... Well, I'll just read Rolling Earthquake, but there are a couple 
uh, cards that basically have this same text in the mm -hmm. deck. Rolling Earthquake is red and X for a sorcery, and it deals X damage to each player and each creature without horsemanship. <laughs> Regular Earthquake does this, except for instead of horsemanship, it's flying. Flying, yeah. And there's a, there's a couple other cards that are similar, but it's really the damage to each player. That's a good way to win because, yes, it's dealing damage to you, but because your spell has lifelink... Thanks to Fire Summon Sunspeaker. That damage to yourself is evened out. Not even evened out. You gain some life a lot well, of times. Well, you gain life off the other players and even right. out with you. So if you did this for, let's say, X equals 20, that would deal... 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. 20 to yourself, but that would even out. So you'd gain 60 life off that exchange. Yeah. And deal 20 to everybody, which is a lot. And so that was one of the ways that I envisioned the deck being able to sort of win or finish off the, the stragglers near the end of the game. It's like... Boom, big explosion. I gain life so it doesn't kill me. You all die. Yeah, and even if you don't kill them, you maim them to the point where they are within, you know, getting shot down by something, and you are now at 70, 80 life. Uh, in which case, the other most powerful card in this regard, it would be Aetherflux Reservoir. Yeah, we did see this on Game Nights. Yeah, and uh, this is actually a very popular commander card. Obviously, black and white and a lot of life gain decks will use this to great advantage uh, in Storm decks as well. It's a four-mana artifact. It says, whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you cast this turn. And then the important text, the more important text is, pay 50 life. Aetherflux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player. This is almost never going towards a creature. I'll say that much. Yeah, and, and you're not even too worried about that every time you cast a spell, you gain life thing. A lot of decks are. They're going to try and chain together five, six spells to gain the life to use right. this. You're like, no, I'm gaining a ton of life off of a single earthquake at some point in the game or something like that. And then... Aetherflux Reservoir just gives me a way to use all that life and finish off like a person or, or two people maybe. Death Star people as people talk about it. If you ever get to over 100 life and you have Aetherflux Reservoir, it's nearly impossible to, to lose the game. Yeah, no one can do anything to you because you would just be able to point it directly at them and say a threat of activation. They can't even go to remove the Aetherflux Reservoir most of the time because if they do, in response, just... you laser them and anything they've got on the stack goes away with them. Only like Croson Grips and certain like Split second cards. Yeah, and, and maybe like disallows things that counter activated abilities can right. maybe get you out of that. But it's very difficult. There's not a lot of cards that will get them out of the situation once you have it on the table and a healthy, a really healthy life total. And then you're putting yourself at a pretty severe disadvantage if you have to disallow and get rid of this in the same turn. Lots here to consider. So if Earthquake is going to be a really good way to win the game, you know, I was trying to build in a bunch of ways to make the Earthquake as impactful as possible. And get some, in a way, some card-ish advantage. Yeah, and so, you know, doubling or forking the spell I thought was a really good way. So if you can cast an Earthquake for 20, but then you can make a copy of it while it's on the stack, all of a sudden you're just killing everybody and you're gaining enough life from the first one that even though the first one comes out and takes out Fire Song and Sunspeaker, you survive the second yeah. copy. So there's a lot of fork-type spells. Those are two of them. Yeah, Reverberate and Reiterate. They both have the same text that say copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Reiterate specifically has an extra buyback cost of three mana, so you can pay an additional three, and this goes back to your hand. Very good card in the Mizzix deck specifically, but in this case, well, copying someone losing 15, 20 life, that, that is almost always going to be lethal. Yeah. And we saw in Game Nights, uh, we didn't say this at the beginning, if you haven't watched the new Game Nights yet, it's a couple weeks old at this point, hopefully you have, um, we may be spoiling some things because we're talking about the deck that was played, so not a bad idea to stop the video right now, go watch it and come back if you don't want the, the ending yeah. ruined. So going back to reverberate and reiterate and fork type spells, these aren't just good to use on your own 
cards. They're also really good to use on your opponent's cards. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like again, we saw in Game Nights. People cast very powerful spells in EDH, and to be able to be like, I get that spell for two mana or yeah. three mana is really strong. How does Red Counterspell something? By copying it. Yeah. Or they go to counter you. You can oftentimes copy their counter and point your copy at their counter and mm-hmm. save your spell. Or if they go to remove something, you can remove something as well. If, I mean, this is a way that red gets access to other parts of the color pie. It's not necessarily clean because you have to wait for someone else to do it. But also you're limited in options in general. So I'll take what I can get when it comes to that. Yeah, I think I think these are underplayed cards in general. Um, Two other cards that can kind of help you fork or copy your earthquakes and things like that are Primal Amulet, which is a artifact that the important part is it flips over and becomes a land that can copy spells uh, when you cast them and pyromancer's goggles which is a five mana artifact that taps for red but if you use that mana on an instant or sorcery spell that's red you copy the spell so again with rolling earthquake and those types of things just double it up double it up and you're gonna you're gonna need a lot of man to do it too and here's some classic cards that again usually are like you know, it's like, oh, I can use this once to do something, but you kind of need it that one time you use it to win the game. Uh, it, that's kind of, that's the hole that you're put in with this deck is you're very all in on a lot of your plays, which is very much my play style, but not yours, I don't think. <laughs> so you kind of need to make sure that when you do go off that turn, you have the ability to hold up all the mana you need to. So a card like Mana Geyser, three red red, it's a sorcery you add red to your mana pool for each tapped land your opponent's control. If you can cast this, usually people won't counter this part of it. They'll see what you're going to do with the mana and then counter that. So you get all the mana, then you're holding up a Reiterate or a Reverberate. You have a billion mana, so you can buy it back as well. And you can also use cards like Treasonous Ogre, one of my favorite cards. Three and a red for a 2-3 Ogre Shaman. It's got Dethrone, but more importantly, you can. it's an activated ability to pay three life and add red to your mana pool. So at instant speed, you're already gaining all that life, right? So now yep. you can convert your life into Aetherflux Reservoir stuff, or you can use it for something like Fire Song and Sunspeaker. Uh, by having all that life and then just spend it all, get a bunch of mana, just keep going off. Turning your life into mana, very powerful in a deck that like has a lot of life gain. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like Mana Geyser is a card that you don't often want to play until your opponents are tapped out anyway. So yeah. often it's just like... They won't even have the ability to counter something. It's A lot of times it's just like, I get 25 mana in my mana pool. Like yeah. that is very often if you're going to do that, you're going to win the game in a deck like this. Yeah. And uh, Neheb the Eternals, another one that just this is a favorite of yours, Jimmy. Yeah, actually, all three of these cards are played in my mono red Neheb deck because it's they all just about give getting you a bunch of mana. big mana real fast and then, and then you how fireball. can you use it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's a way to get enough mana to sort of get off a big fireball or I'm going to call it that, but a big earthquake or something like that. Um, there's also some cheeky stuff you can do. There's Stuffy Doll and Boros Reckoner in the deck, which are creatures that when they take damage, they'll deal damage to your opponents. Mm-hmm. And so you combine those with some of the board wipes like the earthquakes. But also there's Blasphemous Act, there's Chain Reaction in the deck, and these are cards that are going to deal damage to all creatures. You'll gain a bunch of life because of Fire Song and Sunspeaker. And if you have Stuffy Doll or Boris Reckoner out, that damage will be converted into damage against your opponent. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to sort of end the game. Fire Song and Sunspeaker gives these things lifelink. Think of how powerful that is if there are like seven creatures out. Right. If you blast from this act with seven creatures out, it deals 13 damage to all seven creatures. <sighs> yeah, so you'd gain 91 life right there. Wow. And that's like two, yeah. ma- two mana. Yeah, it kills Fire Song and Sunspeaker, but a lot of times now I'm at 91 life, play Treasonous Ogre, use 60 of it to make, you know, 20 mana and go crazy. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff this deck can do. Right. And it does require a bit of setup because you are going all in a lot of these cases. 
but you definitely, you want to get there, right? You, once you have the combo built up, it can sometimes be really hard to interact with you because you can just reiterate, reverberate, and you can buy it back because now you have a treasonous ogre or you have just tons of mana to use and you can sort of lock down the game that way. Yep. So one of the cards I added was that I didn't have in the original list on Game Nights was Hour of Devastation. Ah. What I realized is Hour of Devastation is three red red for a sorcery that deals five damage to all creatures and planeswalkers. Five damage is the perfect number because Fire Song and Sunspeaker has six toughness. Or six. I don't know why I didn't have that in the list originally. So if you only looked at the Game Nights list, you should look at it again. Yeah. I've made a few upgrades and that's one of them. Well, in that game, there were not too many creatures on the battlefield, so... Yeah, that's it true. It would have been too effective, but yeah, right. it's a great addition. I think actually one thing I should know is that it would have killed that stupid angel, though. <laughs> yeah, that well, four four that kept smacking you. Yeah. <laughs> one thing about that game nights episode that I don't think a lot of people realize is how low the creature count was in total. Yeah. So actually, a deck like yours a lot of times was at a bit of a distinct disadvantage because your cards like Earthquake weren't also board wipes and Blasphemous Act wasn't an easy card to cast. I mean, if you're facing a token deck and you have an Earthquake in your hand, oh. even just doing it for three can uh. sometimes gain you like an insane amount of life because if they have thirty creatures. That can be like 90. I've I've been at like, you know, in the hundreds of life totals in this deck. You know, I think that actually answers the question about how Boros can get card draw. Just live long enough to get more turns. <laughs> like I have so much life that I'm going to live long enough to draw more cards. I mean, it does give you a, a bit of a lease on life to be like, at least I can continue the top deck for a little bit. So it's not card draw. It's just, you know, more being alive for a little bit longer. And I think that kind of goes into the next section, which is the rest of the deck. Honestly, once you get past like, the game main game plan, which we just laid out, is kind of like ramp, card draw, removal spell, and board wipes. And it's kind of just, the plan is like, don't let anybody go too nuts mm -hmm. until I can assemble the situation I want, which is I mana geyser into an earthquake, or I reiterate an earthquake, or I Aetherflux Reservoir after I've Blasphemous acted and gotten a million life. Right. And that's kind of the, the game plan. And so having a lot of life plays into a control strategy because, like you said, time is important because you just want enough time to get the pieces together. And you sure as heck aren't drawing that many cards in Boros either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's Austere Command. Cleansing Meditation, I think, is a card we haven't talked about maybe enough on this show. Great card. Yeah. It's a card with Threshold that says destroy all enchantments. But if you have Threshold, which is if seven or more cards are in your graveyard, you destroy all enchantments, and then you return to play all of the cards in your graveyard destroyed this way. So it basically like destroys everyone else's enchantments yeah. but not yours. Um, and the deck doesn't have a ton of enchantments, so even if you just need to fire that off, a lot of times you're going to be fine. Well, red is not <clears> great at dealing with that, right? And, right? and white is sort of where they have to go for that. So that's why Austere Command is just, again, one of the best board wipes in the game, bar none. There are some efficient removal spells. Lightning Helix is a really good one. It's a red and a white for an instant. It deals three damage to a target creature or player, and you gain three life. But? But it really deals six, and you gain six because... Lightning Helix deals three, has lifelink, so you gain those three. Then you gain three life, and Fire Song and Sunspeaker says if a white instant or sorcery would gain you life, you deal three damage to something. So then it deals three more. So yeah. two mana, deal six, gain six, super efficient and just worth it in the deck. I didn't actually put like Lightning Bolt in here. I still didn't think it was quite efficient enough. No, I think you. I think Lightning Helix is the right call because yeah. it's both colors and affects both sides of Fire Song and Sunspeaker. And Lightning Helix, sure, someone like Ben Bateman might play it in their commander deck because they love playing modern And he will probably cards. get me with it. 
Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but you do have the additional value. I, I don't think just gaining life off a of lightning bolt is enough. Right, right. Right. You don't get the extra damage again like the lightning bolt. Yeah, exactly. Does. Yeah. And then here's a card we just keep talking about more and more. Electrodominance. Card kingdom.com slash command zone. Pick up a copy. X red, red instant. It deals X damage to any target, and you can cast a card with CMC cost X or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. It's a great way to give cards flash at instant speed because this is an instant. This can just get people as well. There's tons of different options and, and times when you'll cast this, maybe you'll put out a blocker, or you'll cast this and then you'll be able to throw out a Sunforger end of turn before someone yep. can really deal with it. There's a lot of things Electro does. It's a good way does. to sneak the Aether Flux into play at the end of turn so that right. they're not ready for it. Right. Okay, before we continue, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, and we're back. So the next card we want to talk about for this Fire Song and Sunspeaker deck is... The literal you know, best what, card. Yeah, what <laughs> Jimmy correctly identifies uh, during that Game Nights episode as the best card in the deck. By a long shot, by And the I way. think most Boros decks, if they have this card in it, it will be the best card in the deck. It's Sunforger. Which you, if you watch the episode, you see, like, I get to the point where that's my entire game plan. Is yep. like, well, you look at your hand, you're, you have two cards. I have two in your cards hands. most of the game, and I'm like, Sunforger, equipping and unequipping is my ability, my only ability to stay in the game. And it's actually decent. I was in the game yeah. just with that game plan. So let me read Sunforger. It's three mana for a sun, for a artifact equipment. Equip creature gets plus four, plus zero. Oh. Doesn't generally matter, but it can because you make an eight, six uh, fire song and sunspeaker that's hitting yeah. people. It's not like that doesn't matter at all. But the the big text is, oh sorry, it equips uh, for three mana. But the big text is, you pay a red and a white, and you unattach sunforger, and then you search your library for a red or white instant card with converted mana cost four or less. And you cast that card without paying its mana cost. So basically a five mana tutor, three to equip, red and the white on top of that. Find any red or white instant sorcery card. Not sorcery, just instant. Oh, instant, yeah, yeah, yeah. With CMC four or less. I think actually the four or less number is pretty important too. You can get some bigger stuff with it. Yeah, if you do four CMC, you really only overpaid by one. And you, mm -hmm. it's card draw because it was in your library. And now you're playing the card. And it's, it's card selection, card draw, it's tutoring. It's tutoring, yeah. yeah. Because you're, you're getting specific cards and specific answers. And so... Most decks that have Sunforger will have a Sunforger package. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of two ways that Sunforger, Sunforger package can be um, can be meant. The first is a couple of different ways to find the Sunforger. So Enlightened Tutor, Steel Shaper's Gift. I talk a lot about Steel Shaper's Gift as a card I'll put in, even though I only have like a Skull Clamp 
and a sort of feast and famine in the deck because They're skull clamp is good. so good that like i just want another copy of it yeah sunforger exactly. plays that role in this deck so steel shaper's gift also there's a sword of fire nice that i recently put in there mm-hmm. as additional card draw and yeah yeah that's good N- normally i would put feast and famine right right well, feast and famine or the maybe the life gain one yeah but in this deck i actually put fire nice because of the card draw on on the sword and i wanted it but sunforger is the card you go get first it's just that you draw steel shaper's gift when you already have sunforger you can still use it for the other equipment mm-hmm. um so back to sunforger package that also means the cards in the deck that are there because you know you could go get them with sunforger and this is a really toolboxy thing and that's why when it's out it's so powerful because anything that happens at least the first couple of times until you start running out of gas for the sunforger you have a way to deal with it it's funny red white has a few outside the color by things that like really give you a lot of play yeah and it the downsides right you can only unequip it once it's on someone else's turn, so you have to wait for it to come back. But at the same time, we talk about this at Boros, you are so limited in your options that, that this, even though it's it's good, it's very powerful, and I think this in any other color combination would be absurd. Right. In Boros, it just happens to be the best card because nothing else comes close to doing this, even though it does have its limitations. So that just gives you another idea of like, Josh didn't break Boros, all right? He made a great show of it, but I think we only reference it once, but you really just had no cards in your hand the yeah. entire yeah. game. yeah. So um, some of the cards in the Sunforger package that you can go get, we saw played on game nights. Lapse of Certainty is Mm -hmm. a white um, counterspell. We recently had a big discussion on the Discord about whether it's a real counterspell. I think people... It's a tempo spell. I I really do think it's a real counterspell. I think people overestimate the downside of... Well, let's go ahead and read the card. Two and a white for an instant. Counter target spell. It's a white card. If that spell is countered this way, put it on top of its owner's library instead of into that player's graveyard. So it does time walk them a little bit too because they have to redraw the spell and they're not going to draw a new card the next turn. Yeah, I think people think like, oh, a lot of people said, well, it really only delays them or whatever. And and technically it reads that way, but I've never played Lapse of Certainty where I thought it mattered that it went on top of their library. Mm-hmm. I was never like, oh man, they're going to draw it next turn and what am I going to do? Most of the time, you're protecting something important that's going to happen next turn right. or you're stopping somebody from winning right then. And a lot of times it's like, I stop you from winning. Now everybody knows you're about to win and now we can concentrate on you and yeah. your window is gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that happens, I think, a lot in Commander, which is like in 1v1, you only have yourself to rely on. So delaying somebody is not that great because like, well, what are you going to do when they now draw it and play it? Yeah. But in in a multiplayer game, I have two other people. What I'm going to do is I ha- is basically what I've done, which is I warn Jimmy and Mel that Craig's about to do this thing and they can now help me. Yeah, yeah. Or, in, you know, in the case of our game nights, it was a little different where you, you did this to protect your own stuff, yep. which I thought was a, it, by far the most bizarre sequence of plays maybe ever. <laughs> the counterspell war between... Between Boros and Orzhov. <laughs> Just, it happens. It's on game nights. Teferi's Protection, a card we talk about all the time, which can protect you from basically anything. Uh, There's also two cards I think that are really good in the deck. And unfortunately, specifically what Rachel did at the end of Game Nights didn't allow these to come into play. But there's Comeuppance and Deflecting Palm. I'll read Deflecting Palm. It's red and a white for an instant. The next time a source of your choice would deal damage to you this turn, prevent that damage. If damage is prevented this way, Deflecting Palm deals that much damage to that source's controller. So what can happen here is that they attack you with like a big creature. 
you deflecting palm it, and they take the damage they were going to take from the big creature, or like let's say they fireball you, or some mm-hmm. big source of damage. I've won games with this playing oh, this. You deck. can definitely steal a lot of games with this kind of card. Not to mention it triggers both sides of Fire Song and Sunspeaker as well. The problem with why I couldn't use that at the end of the game uh, on game nights is because damage is not the same as loss of life, and both Exsanguinate and, and Debt to the Deathless. Our loss of life and not damage. Each player or each opponent loses X life, so yeah. it's not damage. There are a lot of comments about that, but yeah, just uh, read the card and you'll see. Again, red and white. If it was loss of life, I think that's actually outside the color pie. So yeah. they wanted it to deal specifically with damage being dealt to you by a source, combat, a spell, whatever it is. Those cards steal games, so there are times when Sunforger is equipped and it wins you the game because you're like, oh, Deflecty Palm, you're dead now yeah. instead of me. It makes it really hard to play against this kind of deck, too, because it might be like, well, we just need to get them down to a certain life total. We have to all just swing at him and at a certain point someone's gonna get got yep. by a card like that also sunforger can get reiterate can get reverberate can copy so it's not, it's like they go to cast some crazy instant or sorcery that isn't Ooh. even pointed at you and you're like oh time stretch i'll take two extra turns too yeah you know, that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oof. i mean yeah well they'll get their two extra turns first but so you still you get some extra turns <laughs> no, card draw <laughs> extra turns we did it we did it red with their crappy copies of the other versions of cards Okay, so before we go here, because that's basically the deck. It's not super complicated. Um, you know, like I said, trying to build up to a big earthquake, rolling earthquake, Aetherflux Reservoir, take advantage of something like that. Maybe some get a little crazy with a Stuffy Doll, a uh, Boros Reckoner, mm-hmm. and, you know, a Blasphemous Act and that kind of stuff. That can happen. Um, those are fun combos, but anytime yeah. someone tells me a combo with three or more cards, I go, cool, it- it magic dream time christmas land that's not your main plan you may yeah. have to resort to it if you get lucky later but but most of the time you're just trying to control what's out there remove key things mm-hmm. and put together a really big earthquake or something like that but i did want to talk about two cards specifically that are sort of newish and i think are for me at least becoming staples ish in these colors one for sure and one ish so the one that's sort of i want to talk about first is stolen strategy and it's four and a red for an enchantment. And it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of each opponent's library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-land cards from among those exiled cards, and you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast those spells. So you kind of itali other people's decks. I mean, you have to pay the mana to cast the cards. But it doesn't require you to tap and attack. That's right. And, you know, you can spend mana as those mana of any colors. Mm-hmm. You can't play lands this way. It doesn't say play the card. You have to, you have to cast it. However, in some ways, it kind of draws you... I was going to say three cards a turn. It draws you like one and a half, one and a half one 1.7 yeah, cards a turn. Around there, yeah. Close to two cards a turn. Pretty good. And the thing that I found with this card is very often you're taking things from the deck that your deck can't have. So card draw, you like, if you find a Rhystic Study off oh, this, or if you, you find a... Slam dunk that card. Yeah, rampant growths and stuff like that, that your color can't do, and that's the kind of stuff you can find from other people's decks. I've really been very happy with Stolen Strategy, and decks that have red but not blue and not black, I'm, I'm very likely to run this card. Maybe even some decks that have those two colors, too, because it is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It, it adds an element of chaos, which I always love. And again, like... Sometimes your opponents just have extremely powerful cards. I mean, getting access to them is pretty good. Yeah, if you're playing against people that are good, which you generally probably are, then they're gonna have good cards in their deck. And even if, I mean, even if their deck just has some crazy jank stuff in it, there's always the corner case scenarios. And this happens again: three players, three different decks, three all different colors around you. You're gonna find something, and yeah. it's gonna make an impact on the game. I played this in limited in two of the giant, and it's very good. Oh yeah, it's just, absurd. Um, this is from Consp- 
Oh, no, sorry, Battle Bond. Battle Bond, yeah. Yeah, so I would encourage people to go out there and pick up some copies of Stolen Tragedy. I think it's a really good card. All right, let's talk about the second best card in the deck. This card, we called it when the set came out, Ravnica Allegiance, and I've seen it in play many times now, and it is one of the best white cards, period, uh, yep. in the format. Period. It's not Path to Exile. Nope. Although it's that's one of the best white cards. It's not It's not Enlightened Tutor. It's not it's Teferi's Protection. Not Teferi's Protections, but it's on that list. It's Smothering Tithe. All right, that's the end of the show, everybody. <laughs> Three in the white for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may play two. If the player doesn't, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color. Womp. Two is really hard to pay. Two is really hard to pay. Yeah. And you saw it in the episode. We paid for it maybe three, four I think twice. twice. I think it was you both times. You know it was me. Of course it was me both times. <laughs> Who else would it be? I'm not trying to exsanguinate for all my mana. <laughs> <laughs> This card is insane. Every time it hits the table, it's just like, uh-oh, and it creates so much advantage. It's for not the- a do-nothing card either, right? It either taxes your opponent's mana or, or it's by the time it gets back to you, it's going to give you a lot more mana. A lot of times you can count on getting the treasures to the point where you can say, I'm going to play it. I know I'm going to get two treasures, and then I'm going to use those two treasures before it even gets back to me. So it actually didn't do nothing. Right. It allowed me to cast like another spell. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so good in our feather. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're oh, always using yeah. that mana. So good. Oh, my gosh. And you're drawing cards. Okay. We were having a discussion on our Discord the other day. I'm, I'm curious for you to weigh in. Okay. If, if gun to your head, you could only have... Oh, I, yeah, I saw this. You could only have one of the following cards in your, in your deck. Which would you have? Teferi's Protection, Smothering Tithe. Those are your choices. You can't have both. You can only have one. What do you put in? Smothering Tithe. I think so, too. Yeah, Teferi's Protection, it's a one-time use. It exiles itself when it gets to your graveyard. You never get to get it back. Smothering Tithe, in general, the the way the way they win Magic games is by playing cards and using mana. And Smothering Tithe is going to get you more consistently. I think if you put it on like a win percentage thing, like times that you win because Smothering Tithe was able to ramp you out, open you up to more spells, get you... It, like, when Teferi's Smothering... Protection just does one thing. It just protects you. I mean, it's very good, and it can win you games, right? Right. Teferi's Protection, I mean, listen, I think it's it's fairly close. Um, but and it's very obvious when Teferi's Protection wins you that game. Right. Because you're like, something's about to happen. I Teferi's Protection. I live through it. I kill you. Or I cast Armageddon. And with that on the stack, I Teferi... Whatever. Don't do that to your friends, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, but Smothering Tithe is way more subtle because it wins you the game way... Turns earlier than you actually win, right? Like, right. you win on turn 11, but... Smothering Tithe actually won you the game on turn six, seven, and eight by giving you nine extra mana over those turns. Yeah, and that mana will help you contribute to all the other parts of your deck that are important. It may help you get that card draw spell out. It may help you tutor and play another card that turn. It just gives you more options. You just had enough extra mana to remove that yeah. key threat and do something. Yeah. Also, and- I think what was underestimated about this card the most is how many extra cards people draw in Commander. Yeah, that's a good point. It happens all the time. It's We, we tout it all the time. Card draw is a very important part. Especially when you play a card like Wheel of Fortune alongside it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a whole different <laughs> that's thing That's a whole other thing. That was I mean, lucky, by the way. But. Yeah, it's definitely one of the one-two punches that this deck needs to do to really set itself ahead. Imagine if you didn't draw anything off of that. That seven cards didn't have your Aetherflux Reservoir. I could have easily just not drawn the wheel, too. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, Smothering yeah. Tide is still great in that game, but I'm just not rocketed into the lead. Yeah, I think what people don't realize is, you know, it's like, yeah, Boros did a great job in these cards. You need If you want to play Boros, that's a way to do it. But you drew probably what? At that point in the game, you probably drawn 17 or 18 cards. You got three of the cards that you definitely needed. And it's not unlikely, but it's it's on the unlikelier side, I think. Yeah. But going back to Smothering Tithe here, I think that like Consecrated Sphinx, Ristic Study, 
people are drawing cards in Commander. They are not like going through their turns yeah. and just like drawing my one for turn. That's just not what decks do. People are playing, you know, Phyrexian Arenas and they're playing all kinds of stuff that drawing cards. So Smothering Tithe is not just give you three treasures every turn. I bet you it averages closer to five over the course of a game if you get it if out. If no one pays for it. Yeah. Yeah. When they're not. Because if you're drawing two cards, you have to take your entire turn to pay for that. They're just not paying for it. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, honestly, when I was playing that game, I was just crossing my fingers and going, I really hope Josh doesn't draw another creature because all he's doing is drawing one card a turn, but he's making a million mana. So you're just afraid of what that person can do with that mana. Smothering Tithe is very good. You have to pair it up with some sort of card draw in some way. It's just like any other ramp spell, right? Yeah. You can run into the problem of, I have tons of mana, but nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I just think that card's really, really good. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Right. Here's some cards that I was considering for the deck and for a couple of reasons didn't put in, and I just wanted to talk about. So I think Pyroblast or Bread Elemental Blast are both really good includes. These are one red mana to destroy a blue permanent yeah. or counter a blue spell. These are really good cards. Uh, I think most red decks that don't have blue want to run these. You run into a lot of blue in Commander. The reason I didn't is because we knew the meta for that game um, everyone did. Everyone built around the fact that we're playing, and you know, these are the guilds. We knew what guilds everybody else was going to be. And since only one deck was going to have blue, it didn't seem worth it to put that in. Now, we didn't know the specific cards in everybody's deck, but you knew, like, blue deck. So You may have put in a blue elemental blast if you knew that Kenji, you know, he's playing blue. So if you think Cyclonic Rift is really going to blow you out that hard, then, right. yeah, you you might. That would be the corner case, I think. But like, I think in your average Boros deck, put it in there because most games there's going to be a couple of decks with blue in them. And yeah. if there's two decks at the table with blue in them, and often you're against three, let's yeah. be honest, uh, then that's one mana, any other spells, like it's, it becomes a really good card. I mean, not to mention though, you do have Reiterate and Reverberate in this deck, so that's you do point. have some protection against it, but yeah, I think if your meta tends to run more heavily towards blue, it's always nice to have two options. You know, it's like I have a Reiterate and an Elemental Blast. Someone plays a blue spell, you're going to want to counter it with a specific card that can do it because yeah. you're going to want to save your Reverberate for something more important later on. Uh, Dictate of the Twin Gods is three red red for an enchantment with flash, and it basically doubles damage. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a card that I would think about adding because it's another way to sort of, quote-unquote, fork your Earthquake. Yeah. Flash it on the end step before your turn, now cast the Earthquake. Now my 20 damage does 40, kills everybody instead yep. of just being mildly annoying. Furnace of Wrath, I think, also yep. does Furnace of Wrath thing. is another one. Um, yep. More wheels. More ways to just draw cards, really. Wheel I really only is... had the one, but I think Reforge the Soul is probably a yep. good one I would think yeah. about. I don't like the ones that count the number of cards in your hand, then shuffle and draw that many, because you don't get card advantage off that. Yeah, you're actually losing a card, and then you count the cards in your hand. And if you don't have a lot of cards to begin with, like Josh didn't have the, for the entirety of the game, then it's hard to refill your hand in that way. Yeah, and I think we... people don't maybe understand why Wheel of Fortune is so good and an expensive card and was, you know, it was restricted back in the day. It's because it draws you seven no matter what. So if you can play all your cards, go it down to one or two cards, cast it, it just drew you five. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty so it's good. very, very good. <laughs> so And then I put not mana tithe. This is a very popular comment in our last game nights of, oh, if Josh, if only you had mana tithe to stop Rachel from doing all that stuff. So mana tithe is one white mana for a four spike in white. It says, you know, counter target spell unless the opponent pays one more mana. Here's the thing, and a lot of people were like, if you had it, you could have Sunforged for it and countered the debt to the Deathless. Here's why I don't like Mana Tithe in general is because one mana, so often your opponent will just have that on accident to mm -hmm. pay for the spell. It's not all the time that they just tap out for an X spell. Also, if they know you have it, they're never going to not play around it. 
Yeah, a lot it, of times, it's easy right? to play around, but also they just play around it on accident. So I don't like a counter spell that's just not reliable. Yeah, it's not. I'd much rather have lapse of certainty. I know what it's going to do every time. It's going to stop it right now. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, it goes to the top of their library, but at least. Mana Tithe is just a type of card that you have in your hand, and you're like, I really would like to counter that, but they just have the mana. Yeah, I really, and that's the worst. Like a yeah. mana drain or something's like, I really just hope they just, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like you'd rather have like a syncopate or something in your hand where you can at least make sure that the, that what you're going to do is counter their their spell. Yeah, so uh, Mana Tithe, yes, I know a lot of you thought I should have that in the deck. I do not actually believe it's a very good card most of the time. Yes, will you get people out of nowhere sometimes? Sure. Yes, but I think that's more than balanced out. In fact, overbalanced out by the times when you just it's just dead in your hand. Yeah, and there's plenty of other cards, again, that do a similar thing to a counterspell uh, that you can use if you need to do it their way, or you know, you just have other options to be more flexible than Mana Tithe is. Yeah, so the last note here is Boros Problems, and listen, the deck is quite good. Um, it's high variance, though. I've played it a number of times, both before and after game nights, and it can definitely win games, but it can definitely have those games where it just doesn't put the pieces together. And, real unfun games, by the way. And a lot of games, I just find myself at a point where I don't have a lot of cards in my hand. I don't feel like I have very many options. It's not the situation I'm used to being in, so I'm very cognizant when it's happening to mm-hmm. me that it's like, ugh. I just feel like I have three cards and I just have no way to refill my hand. And so I really can only do one thing or two things. Like, I just don't, I don't have choices. What do you feel about cards like Howling Mine? Yeah, I have Howling Mine in the deck. There you go. So just because, listen, if you're in blue and you got Ristic Study out, giving you one more card turn is not as big a deal as me getting one more card turn. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like it's not that much of a downside. This deck is definitely dependent on the fact that you got to draw the right stuff at the right time, but also have a way to last. Yeah. Because you know? again, like we saw what, what happened? If Josh had just drawn a little bit differently, he maybe, I mean, it was only because of Sunforger you were able to always have a relevant answer. And, and Smothering end, Tithe. And Smothering com- Tithe, yeah, Combined, yeah. like, gave me the mana yeah. to just recast the commander over and over. Because thinking you don't have Smothering Tithe in that game, I'm just totally out of it because yeah. I can't even recast the commander. It was costing 12 mana by the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, again, the deck is very good. There have definitely been points where I'm at 287 life or whatever. Like, that's, it is... It is cool. And Lifelinker can take you to that total. Yeah. <laughs> so download Lifelinker on the app stores if you guys want the Lifelinker app that we use uh, when we are playing the game. All to right. To the listeners. To the listeners. Do you have a favorite Boros deck? Yeah, it's probably this one. Do you think the color <laughs> pair, red-white, is as weak as we say? Or are you one of those people that disagrees and think that, thinks that it's just fine? We do yeah. hear from people that say, I don't think Boros uh, needs any help at all. I think it's totally fine. Which seems nuts to me, but As maybe a man with... that loves red, I can disagree with you <laughs> confidently. There, maybe with feather and a few more like that, we'll we'll eventually get there. But, but the problem well, is a is few that more it... smothering tides. Yeah, and I think the way they're doing it doesn't really break the because it's like one creature that you need to base everything around to make. At least it it's legendary. So At you least can. it's legendary. Yeah. yeah, I think we need more cards on the level of smothering tithe. Maybe a couple more like that. That mm-hmm. card is so good; it, it single handedly makes white. A, you know a few percentage points better than it was like yeah. that's crazy for one card to do that yeah absolutely. but it's still not enough to to pu- sort of push the color pair into the realm of the other color pairs yeah okay well since we've talked up sunforger smothering tithe stolen strategy fire song and, and speaker yeah. feather you can probably pre-order right now war of the spark if you want any of that stuff go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone when you use that affiliate link, you really are supporting all of our shows, all of our content, game nights, everything else. You're getting the cards you want, 
and you're just getting all that stuff thrown in as gravy. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Firesong says Pikachu was a buy box promo. So if you buy a box of War of the Spark, you're going to get the Tezzeret. That's a promo on that. Oh, well. yeah, that card actually looks sweet. Yeah, static ability giving some stuff <laughs> affinity. Pretty nuts. Also, while you're over at Card Kingdom or at your local game store, Ultra Pro sponsors this show. You can find some Ultra Pro product. Like, again, Josh was really able to rep Boros with these sweet Boros sleeves. Ultra Pro always has product that's relevant to the set that's coming out, and they always do stuff that's, you know, throwing back to old sets as well. We've seen them print awesome playmats for all the GPs. So supporting Ultra Pro also supports this show. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Okay, now it's time for the instep where we talk about something outside the world of magic. Josh I, is turning his entire body to me right now. I have something. Oh, you do? Yeah. I thought that was the, Jimmy, time to fill <laughs> no, the space. No, actually, I actually, it's my turn because you've saved me a, the last couple of times. Nice. So okay, I, all right, I was I'm up. down. It's a show on Netflix. It's called The OA. Have you seen it? No. Okay, so it, I think it got suggested because we like Stranger Things a lot. Okay. And it's kind of this weird supernatural thriller thing it's hard to explain it's a mystery type show i'd put it in the category of stranger things or like lost those things where you're like learning about characters but there's something weird in the past and you're putting pieces together trying to figure out what's going on but there's some shows yeah yeah. there's some supernatural stuff although unlike the jj abram show i don't want to throw shade Shade. at jj but no we can all toss some shade at jj he knows unlike some of those shows damon lindelof uh Questions get answered? Yes. (laughs) That's all you need to say. They have a... It's clear that they have um, uh, an answer to some of their questions. Okay, great. It's, It's not like they're like just throwing out questions and they're like we don't know we have no idea <laughs> well a lot of the times it's like the thrill of the question is better than the answer itself it's like no 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 no, no. i want to know the answers yeah i want to know that you have the answer yeah, so i exactly. can trust you and so the oa on netflix is a pretty cool um show we've been enjoying me and my girlfriend so how many uh, episodes solo there's two seasons and i'm not sure how many episodes per season we're in like first season like episode seven so what's we're, like a we're general not what's it about okay like so quick breakdown okay it starts and there's this girl and she jumps off a bridge okay. in New York. She survives. Her parents come to the hospital and she doesn't recognize them because she was blind, but now she can see. Whoa. So she's After never actually the, seen the her attempt. parents. Yeah, she's never actually seen her parents. But then once she puts her hand on their face, she recognizes them and stuff. But then we start finding out, you know, she's been missing for a few years at that point, too. Whoa, so, whoa. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Do other people start unlocking things as yeah, well? Yeah, okay. and she does, right, too. Cool, so it's cool. I like cool. that. I like yeah. that a lot. All right. Uh, something else that you out there might like is our sister podcast. Might? You will love it. <laughs> the Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler, who was just on the show last mm-hmm. week, and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You know, War of the Spark, Modern Horizons. There's a whole bunch of crazy stuff coming into modern right now. It's gonna. There's the um, Mythic Championship in, in London, London, which, is, which is also modern. They're trying out yeah. the London Mulligan. Modern is going through a lot of changes right now, and if you want to keep on top of everything that's happening, Alex has been... They're going to get you uh, caught up to speed faster than anybody. So you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast right next to us at Collective.Company. Or if you type Masters of Modern into uh, your search bar search bar on Bore. YouTube, Bore. search bar on YouTube, that is where you're going to find them because they're doing video content now too. The editors for this show are probably a combination of Ashlyn Rose. Rose. Oh, that's good. Ashlyn. Ashlyn. Ashlyn Rose. It's like those like, uh, save oh. me, Rose. <laughs> And Josh Murphy. Murph. This is not as cool as Ashlyn's. Yeah. Ashlyn's has the angelic quality to yeah. it. Although she's more of a Kozilek kind of person. So. <laughs> That's true. She's far from an angel. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the Eldrazi <laughs> see them. Well, actually, they don't, I don't think they're cognizant of really what they're doing. But they perhaps they see, other people did see them as angels. So those Temple people, of the those false gods, nuts, man. man. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. All right. And, of course, uh, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for doing the living card animations that you see behind us on set. 
as well as the intros and outros of the show. We are in the Steam Vents today. Oh yeah, sorry. We were talking about Boros, but we have it. Is it? We just didn't have a Boros background. Nah, this yet. is just our real true calling. Red and blue. Actually, it kind of lines up really well. Because the blue side's blue over there. Side's and the red side's over there. Yeah. Perfect. Perfection. All totally planned. Planned, planned. as always. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.